I'm John Carter in Moscow, in Havana, Cuba. Now in Kiev, the capital of Ukraine. I'm John Carter in Petra, right here in communist China, reporting from India. Hi, I'm John Carter in the Solomon Islands. I'm John Carter in Soweto, from El Salvador. I'm John Carter in Sydney, Australia. John Carter informs us about the Jesuits and the true gospel. We give a very special welcome to our studio audience here today in Southern California and also to our great audience on the CW Network, 112 stations across this great land of the United States of America. Also to our worldwide audience on 3ABN and other great satellite systems. We're glad you're here today. This is really an extraordinary subject. The Jesuits and the true gospel of Christ. This is part three of a series. Four parts in the series on the true gospel as opposed to the false gospel or gospels. In a moment, we're going to go through the questions that you answered. We passed these out to the studio audience. And in a moment, we're going to go through those and see how you did. <laughs> um, this is truly an amazing subject. I deal with this subject today for this reason. Listen carefully. You are what you believe. People say, no, you can believe anything you like. Well, you can believe anything you like, but what you believe makes you the person, the man or the woman you are. And that's why our Lord said, you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. And so today we're going to look at the Jesuits and the true gospel, part three of the series. We're going to go through your answers now. And here's the first question that was on this yellow sheet. What is God's greatest characteristic? And of course, you all got this right, didn't you? What is God's greatest characteristic? We're told in the scriptures in 1 John that the Bible tells us that God is love. Now, everything proceeds from this great premise that God is good and God is loving. Question number two, does God have wrath? Now today in many circles, especially here in Southern California, where the moral influence theory is uh, largely predominant among some Christians, they say, no, uh, God is a benevolent grandfather and God doesn't have wrath. Of course, that goes against everything that is taught in the scriptures. If you turn to Romans chapter 1 and verse 18, you'll read these words. Romans chapter 1 and verse 18, it says, for the wrath of God. Well, that we don't need to go any further. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. So the Bible teaches, yes, God, the loving God, has wrath. Next question, was Jesus a martyr or a sacrifice? Now the world has seen literally thousands and thousands, maybe millions of martyrs. Jesus was not a martyr, the Bible teaches. He was a sacrifice. Romans 3 verse 25, whom God set forth as a difficult word, 
propitiation by his blood. A lot of people say, don't like that word. Well, this word tells us that Christ was not a martyr. He was a sacrifice. He was a sacrifice to propitiate the wrath of God. The wrath of God against sin. That's what it says in Romans 3, verse 25. Next question, is justification God's act in making me righteous or declaring me righteous? This is the very heart of the issue today. Is justification God's act in making me into a righteous person or does it declare that John Carter, who is an unrighteous person, now stands in the sight of God as completely righteous. Romans chapter 4, verses 3 and 5 says, For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. But to him who does not work, but believes on him, who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. Justification does not make me righteous, it declares that I am righteous. Next question. Must I be sinless before I can go to heaven? Now, there are lots and lots of very earnest people like the Jesuits who are perfectionists. They believe that before I can go to heaven, I have to be absolutely sinless. And that is why our beloved friends in the Roman Catholic Church believe in the doctrine of purgatory because nobody in this lifetime is sinless. Now, the Bible says this. It says, here it is, for all have sinned, that's the past tense, and fall short of the glory of God. When it says fall short, it is present continuous. It means that we are all falling short of the glory of God. There are no perfect people. There are deluded people, <laughs> There are self-righteous people, but the Bible says we've all sinned and we, the Greek says, we continue to fall short of the glory of God. So if only sinless people can go to heaven, nobody is going to go. Next question, is it okay for a Christian to be a liar, a fornicator, a thief, or a hypocrite? Do we believe in cheap grace? Romans 1, 29 to 32. And Paul was the great exponent of righteousness through faith. Being filled uh, with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness, they are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, goodness me, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who, knowing the righteous judgment of God, because he has wrath, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. So the Bible says that people who are willing and willful sinners will never see the kingdom of God. But the Bible says they are worthy of death. 
These are strong words. The Bible is not written for superficial people. Next question, can I know that I'm right with God right now? Oh, yes, I can. Romans 8, verse 1. Romans 8 and verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. The Bible teaches, listen to this, that I can know that I am right with God right now and that I'm going to be in the kingdom of God. Do you know what this is called? This is called the gospel. The gospel is not good advice. The gospel, my friend, is good news that what God desires of me for time and eternity has already been accomplished for me in Christ. Is this statement biblically correct? Here it is. Have a look at it. See what you filled in. We are saved by Christ alone, by grace alone, through faith, plus the works of love wrought in the heart by the Holy Spirit. And if you said, yes, that's what I believe, uh, that is a direct quotation from the Jesuits in the Council of Trent. No, 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 that's what I... Well, my friend, if you believe that, you have the same theology as the Council of Trent, the Jesuits. The Jesuits believed in grace and they believed in faith but they believed that a person could not know that he was right with God until all the works of love had been wrought in his heart by the Holy Spirit. And every Jesuit, every Roman Catholic scholar, you know that nobody is perfect. Nobody has enough love. Nobody has enough of the Spirit of God in his life. Am I right? And therefore, they say, you've got to have purgatory to purge the soul so that at last you're sinless and you can go into the very presence of God. You see, they turn justification into a process where day by day I'm getting a little bit better. And people who believe in the Jesuit doctrine are always checking in. How am I doing? How am I doing? Am I going to be ready when the judgment comes? Oh, I, I, am I, I'm not ready yet, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready. And people who believe that theology are not only checking in to their own hearts, they're checking you out. How are you doing? And so this breeds two types of people. Super self-righteous people. Look at me. I'm doing very well indeed. Super self-righteous people. I'd hate to be a pastor of a church that believes that theology. Super self-righteous people, but it also breeds another type of individual, a person who is totally depressed because he's honest. And I've seen people commit suicide because they believe the doctrine of the Jesuits. And uh, they were members of my church.
You listening? Martin Luther was the Roman Catholic priest who had a colossal row with the Pope, whom he said was teaching heresies. Luther was the founder of Protestantism, the teachers that people are saved through the merits of Christ, the merits of Christ apart from us. This brought about the great schism. This gave way to the birth of freedom and democracy around the world. Before Martin Luther came, the world was in terrible darkness. Most people are totally ignorant of history today. But this paved the way for the rise of the United States of America. No Martin Luther, no America. Let me tell you today the difference between classic Catholicism and Protestantism. It really does matter. It just, my friend, it just may save your soul, this meeting today. There are good and bad people in all churches, and today we are not talking about good people or bad people being in churches, because in my church there are good and there are bad people. And in the great Roman Catholic Church, there are millions and millions and millions of saints. And so we're not talking about people, we are talking about truth. And remember this, what you believe makes you what you are. And if you are a cold, critical, self-righteous person, you are the product of bad theology. Am I getting through to you? Think about this. What you believe makes you what you are. So the topic today, the Jesuits and the true gospel. And I want you to come to a text over here that you've seen before, but perhaps you've never seen at all. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20 and 21. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20 and 21. Turn to the texts and I ask you to keep an open mind and to think outside the box. There is nothing more perilous than a closed, narrow, bigoted religious mind. Galatians. Chapter 2, verse 20 and 21. I have been crucified with Christ. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. Hey, I must be dead. But Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me, gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God. Listen to this. For if righteousness comes through the law, through the keeping of the law, then Christ died in vain. Paul says this. If I can get to heaven by keeping the law of God, even with God's help, then I don't need grace. And then he says this. I am crucified. I have been crucified with Christ. Now, what does that mean? Uh, This is one of the most amazing texts in the Bible that I did not understand for many, many, many years. Listen. When Christ died on the cross, he was God bearing his own wrath against sin. When he died on the cross, Legally, 
I died with Christ. He died for me. I legally died with Christ. And if I died with Christ in 31 AD, 31 AD, if I died with Christ on the cross in 31 AD, listen to me, the law cannot condemn a dead man. Mm -hmm. And so there's no condemnation to the person who is in Christ Jesus. But I'm not saved by faith and works. I am saved by a faith that is so dynamic that it will work. But I'm saved by grace alone, through faith alone. Let me give a little recap on last time's presentation. I told you about John Carter who came to this great land many hundreds of years ago. And his descendant, Robert Carter, who freed the slaves in Virginia 70 years before Lincoln. He was indeed the great emancipator. And back in those days in Virginia, in America, he was an exceptional person, was the descendant of John Carter, Robert Carter, because he thought for himself and he thought outside the box he was not a dummy. He was not a conformist. Most people today are stuffed in little boxes. But he thought for himself. He went against popular opinion. This, of course, is dangerous. It is dangerous to think for yourself. I remember the story that was told me years ago by an old evangelist. He said to a person coming to the meetings, uh, what do you believe? He said, I believe what my church believes. Oh, and what does your church believe? My church believes what I believe. Well, what does your church and you believe? We think the same. This is the terrible slavery of conformity. But I believe... Uh, that we need to be honest with God and honest with ourselves. God has given us the ability with the help of the Holy Spirit to understand the truth. I do not need, pardon my saying this, I do not need the Pope. I have the Holy Scriptures and I have the Holy Spirit. Come with me to John chapter 16. And verse 13, my friends, John chapter 16, pray that God will help us all to understand this today. Pray for a spiritual encounter. John chapter 16 and verse 13, Jesus said, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. The Bible tells me that the Holy Spirit will come to a person who's got an open heart and an open mind and the Holy Spirit will possess that person and lead him into all truth. So this means that we've got to have more than a personal experience with the preacher or the Pope 
or the priest, you've got to have a personal experience with God. Listen to this. The poorest person armed with the Bible, with Scripture, and the Holy Spirit is greater than the mightiest Pope without Scripture and the Spirit. You hear what I'm saying? You say, no, I can't believe that. I say to you, step out of the box. Start to think as a person who is called by God. Start to think as a child of God uh, and not as a slave and as a dummy. I refuse to be a conformist for position or power or influence. And so a simple child of God, armed with Holy Scripture and filled with the Holy Spirit, is greater than the mightiest Pope without Scripture or the Holy Spirit, said Martin Luther. Therefore, be a person who thinks outside the box and be a person of courage and depth. Who were the Jesuits? About the smartest people in the world, the best scholars in the world, led by Ignatius of Loyola. The Spanish produced some great people. The Spanish in those days were leading the world. They were ruling the world until they made a mistake in sending the Spanish Armada. That was their end. Ignatius came from a little Spanish town by the name of Loyola. And he devised a new gospel that most folks believe today, maybe you. He established the society of Jesus. Why? Because he wanted to be like Jesus. He was a contemporary of Luther. He was given the great charge. God has raised you up. Martin Luther got his teachings from the Bible. Ignatius got his teachings from dreams and visions. And he became the leader of this great army called the Jesuits. And they had one great ambition, destroy the Protestants and destroy the teaching of sola scriptura, sola Christos, sola gratia and sola fide. Get rid of the gospel. And they were the ones who ran the Inquisition. You see, if you get the wrong gospel, the wrong gospel will make you into a very cruel, arbitrary, selfish, self-righteous person. You know what I'm talking about? You meet people who are so filled with religion that if they smile, their faces will crack. You've met these people. Most likely, they have the doctrine of the Jesuits burning in their soul. After Luther, they call the Great Council of Trent. Remember this. The Great Council of Trent went on for years and they studied the teachings of the reformers. They said, shall we get back to the Bible? Shall it be sola scriptura? And in the end, they said, no. Scripture, yes, but scripture as defined by the church. One holy church, and you cannot be saved unless you are a member 
of the one holy Catholic Church. That's one of their great doctrines. Scripture must be interpreted by the holy church. You can't understand scripture. You need the pope. You need the cardinals. You need the church. And then they took on the doctrine of the gospel as taught by the Protestant reformers. I know this is a shock to the audience, those who are seriously interested in truth. And they brought this out that we are saved by Christ alone, through grace alone, by faith, plus the works of love wrought in the heart by the Holy Spirit. People say, that's what I believe, I believe this, I believe this, but Martin Luther taught this, going to put this up on this side, by Christ alone, by Scripture alone, by grace alone, by faith alone. And you say, I'm confused, I can't see any difference. Or maybe you've been believing Jesuit theology for too long. Look at this, faith plus the works of love wrought in the heart by the Holy Spirit. When do I ever, when do I ever have enough of them? Never. That's why there's purgatory, you see. And I know people, yeah, I'm right with God. I think I am, but I'm not good enough yet. And when I'm good enough and I'm sinless, I'll be saved. More amazing truths coming soon as we talk about the Jesuits and the true gospel of Christ. The reviews for the John Carter biography are in, and this is what they say. Anyone who reads this fascinating book and is not moved should check to see if they still have a pulse. I believe this book about God's miracles in Russia and Ukraine will burn the flame in your heart. This could prove to be one of the most important books ever written about public evangelism. Make sure you get a copy. I believe this book about John Carter's life will help readers grasp a vision for their lives. For a donation of $100 or more, a signed copy of the John Carter biography can be yours by writing to us at the address on the screen or visit our website. Greater Manila is more than 20 million souls. Almost all these beautiful people are ignorant of the true gospel of Christ. Manila needs Jesus. 35 years ago, John Carter came to Manila. Pastor Carter is returning to Manila with an urgent assignment. Preach the gospel of Christ and the great truths of the Bible. Don't water down the message. Make it plain, make it clear, make it Christ-centered. The Carter Report needs your help now to light a fire in the Philippines. Your gift will help open the doors of bondage, smash the chains of sin, and open the gates of paradise to thousands of lost souls. The churches have sent out an urgent plea. 
for the Carter Report to return. Help us proclaim the true gospel of Christ to the beautiful Filipino people. Please send your support to the address on the screen, visit our website, or call the Carter Report. For a copy of today's program, please contact us at P.O. Box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. Or in Australia, contact us at P.O. Box 861, Terrigal, New South Wales, 2260. This program is made possible through the generous support of viewers like you. We thank you for your continued support. May God richly bless you.